Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NK1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. And again, <laughs> I'm waiting for a cue. Bob, did you see the cue? I saw him jump up and down oh, over the well, screen. Well, you should have jumped in. I, no, wait <laughs> He's for doing me. a dance over yeah. there for us. Why are we here, Jim Gearhart and Bob Woodhead? We're here to ask the question again. Where are we going, and why are we in the handbasket? Yeah. yeah. We've been in this handbasket for a number of years, Jim. I got a few things I wanted to ask you. First of all, now here's something. I, I wanted to say to smokers, because there are a lot of people who smoke and they're still worried about you know feeling they shouldn't, which yes. is the case. Uh, you may be no worse off than the rest of us. This is an amazing piece of research. Long-term exposure to elevated levels of air pollution caused the same damage to lungs as a heavy smoking habit. Hmm. So, if you don't smoke, if you have never smoked in this particular atmosphere, and this, I, I guess, is pretty pervasive across the country, hmm. you have <laughs> subjected yourself to the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day for 29 years. Good. In, in just this part of the country? or No, this is, or this is uh, well, it would be obviously worse in your cities, but it's the ozone. Okay. It, it, this is, they're not talking about particularly the smog or the, well, ozone's part of smog. But the reason that that struck me, and I complained about that before, a few weeks ago, we had, what, five or so days with the temperature well in the 90s, yes, the high, you know, uh, those terrible unhealthy days. Unhealthy air qualities. Unhealthy air qualities, and I hadn't heard a word about that. And uh, this was like five days in a row, and, and it was mostly ozone. So it's a little scary to know that even though you may never have pack, uh, touched a pack of old coffin nails, as they used to call them. You may be have ingested uh, the equivalent. The, the, you've ingested pretty much the equivalent of it, or it's had the same effect hmm. on your, your giblets. So you don't have your uh, mask with you today. I don't have the. I didn't wear the mask today, and I did. I don't have the grip hat today. No, I forgot it, it. Giving it a week off, or uh, well, I had to give it a rest. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the business with the hat. I uh, when I had my accident, my fall on. I guess fortunately, I landed on my head because no really working part of my body was damaged. Right. And so, uh, you know, still a little, uh, I, I scalp myself is what happened, pretty much. Uh, I'm probably a little oversensitive about that, but, but there you go. Uh, where do we, st oh, shaming. We had talked last week about shaming, all the kinds of shaming, you know. Started off with fat shaming, and then there is look shaming, lookism, as they called it in the Smith College handbook. Uh, uh, what, sweat shaming we right. had. Now we have... Tuna sandwich shaming. Oh gosh, yeah, Bill uh, Bill Spady was talking about that. What that is that is yesterday. the most absurd thing. Cherry uh, Hill uh, School District. Cherry right? Hill School District. And I want to take the liberty of asking uh, Dan Alexander because I think Dan wrote the story. You wrote that story, Dan. And the question I have, well, the gist of it is that they're trying to collect. Uh, Money from people who were in arrears paying lunch money. Delinquent accounts. Yes. And they say that uh, people, once the word got out that you have to pay your delinquent account or the kid, he doesn't get lunch, the, the regular lunch, but he gets a tuna fish sandwich instead. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got a moment, please. Dan Alexander is a great writer here. Uh, well, I have your story here in front of me, but essentially, and now this started in Pennsylvania. There's a school district over there that started this, and it became national news. 
They were threatening to cut off kids' lunch if the parents were arrears. Somebody stepped forward. This was in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia suburbs. Somebody stepped forward, a philanthropist, and offered to pay it. School district turned it down and said, that's not the point. It's not the money. It's the having people meet their responsibility. Now it's jumped across the river to Cherry Hill. And so basically, Dan, they put out, what, what is the basic word that went out there to but the basic word is that if if, uh, if the debt gets to be uh, the $10 mark, the child will be given for lunch. When they go to get their lunch, they're going to be given a tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> and uh, I'll and, tell you why I'm laughing at it. And then if it gets to be $20, um, the policy of the school is written that they don't that the kid won't get fed at all. Oh. However, the, the superintendent made a point to say that they've not enforced that part of the policy. But if they really wanted to, they'll make the kid eat broccoli. Well, <laughs> but yeah, well then they but, won't, but they won't what, eat at all. That's what gets then. me. Yeah. Now, now, a member of the council is um, supposed to have said that, uh, yeah, the choice of a tuna sandwich was by one board member, school board member, said kids don't like tuna sandwiches. They like peanut butter and jelly. Yes, that's what she said. All right. Where's well. everybody's head? Now, the tuna <laughs> sandwich is certainly healthier than peanut butter and jelly. I love tuna. Yeah. People, people live on do. that. Now, now, here, Dan, here's a question now from your story. Yeah. A parent told the board she spoke with some second grade students who told her they all know what eating a tuna sandwich at lunch yep. means. Yes. Like what? Is it's like it's like the scarlet letter. It's it's the that's, scarlet. that's exactly what that's exactly <laughs> oh, what it is. God. That's what that's the point they were trying to the, make. The scarlet tea. Right. <sighs> now here they're feeding this crap to the kids. Right, all this and processed how much, how much processed is it? chicken. Yeah, how how much is it a uh, a meal? A regular lunch, probably between five and eight dollars. I no, guess. No, no, you said ten dollars behind in a real. Oh, oh, the the limit. Yeah, it's so, so ten dollars. It, it must be how much per meal, Dan? You know, uh, I would think it's probably it's probably maybe three or four dollars. I don't yeah. know. It's a school lunch. Well, so it's not if you're that ten, you're only three lunches behind. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, this whole thing is absolutely crazy. But here now, you're going to feed the kids this stuff. That's going to cause them later in life, as we all know now. Uh, dietetically, it's going to cause them problems. And, and, and instead, instead, as punishment, right? Here's the thing: they're going to give you something. As punishment, they're going to give you a healthy meal. Yeah, I'll take I'll take a tuna sandwich any is, day. Dan, I wanted to check that with you. Is that correct? A correct understanding? Yes. <laughs> oh, I well. think they're going for what the kids like, as opposed to what's good for them. So well, then, then what? Well, they sh should serve Twinkies and uh, <laughs> and ring dings. This soda. <laughs> this is this is education. But I can't get over the fact that it is a disgrace. It is a stigma. Now, do you really a think a piece of stigmata no, okay. to eat a tuna sandwich? Now you're, you're okay. You're you're in a kids. You're in a a, a school lunchroom. Okay, yeah. and you're sitting there. Do you, do you really think kids are going? Hey, Joey over there. Look at he's got a tuna sandwich. He got He's got to be poor. He's he can't cool. afford his lunch. He can't. He can't afford. But the you really think that that's happening? That's, I think that's what they're trying to make it. Yeah. Sound. But the tuna fish sandwich is going to cost more than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm, yeah. Even if you use this deadly peanut butter with yeah, all so, kind of oils and hydrogen. So problem solved. Once they offer tuna as a so as here, a default alternate. So here, according to this member of the school board, you're supposed to feed them stuff that is ultimately deadly to the human body, uh, and. <laughs> 
I don't, Dan, yeah. thank you. I don't know what you say after that. <laughs> I, I, what do you got in your bag there? What's for lunch? I'll probably be getting a salad later. Uh, I'm in the mood for a tuna, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, it's great. You yeah. got to be careful with it, though. I, I know somebody, oh, and I shouldn't say this because I'm undercutting my own argument, but I really know a person, a lady, who practically lived on tuna sandwiches. Yeah. That was every night. She had tuna on a bagel every night for year. Yeah. Ended up with some neurological problems, not bad ones, and they found out by testing her that she did have some higher levels of mercury <laughs> from eating the tuna. <laughs> so you got to be careful yeah. which one you eat. Uh, let's see. Uh, Angie? Uh, okay, now let's do uh, George. Oh, George. Oh, I thought I said George Washington. Uh, George, <laughs> George says, I can't believe how much school lunches are now. Very expensive for what you might uh, uh, you get. Might as well go out to eat. We used to pay 45 cents for a school lunch, but he doesn't tell me how much they are now. Uh, like Dan said, they're probably between four and six dollars, somewhere in that area uh, for for a, for a sub, for uh, for a there, drink. For there, there has chips, to be some consequence salad. for not paying. Sure, uh, but I don't yeah, the know. Sandwich. I don't the know freaks. that it's doing the favors, like giving the kid ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> when his parents don't now, pay. If that's the case, if my kid's going to school, my kid doesn't like tuna, I'll send him to school with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and tell him to bring that tuna home to me. <laughs> that's a deal. Yeah. Right, let, let's move on here. I, I, oh, speaking of that, you asked a question last week about schools and the extras charging for extracurricular uh, activities. Right. Yes. I just had one comment that I, I, I didn't get in last week, but I think is relevant there, and we were we were wondering... Are talking about why the schools could not afford to provide uh, extracurricular activities, sports and clubs and the like, that they wanted the parents to pay. Here is a good idea. Lakewood, which is a very what uh, hmm, interesting community, the school attorney has just signed a contract, six hundred thousand dollars a year, and he just is getting a thirty-five percent pay increase. Well, Six hundred thousand wasn't enough, eh? No, no, no. That's the school board attorney. Now God knows what everybody else is making Oof. there. So I think this might give you, if you live in that area or wherever you might be, and you're being told that you have to start paying for the, your child's extracurricular activity. Give you pause to think on. You why. might do some checking to see where that money's going. That that is just totally totally outrageous. Yeah. Let's see what else going. Oh, here's the uh, here's the thing. Uh, Hello from Norway. Okay, Vigard Kasperson Dillerud. Hello from uh, Norway, guy. Well, okay. thank you. Thank you. That's very good. Ever Thanks been for to checking Norway? In. No, I, I, you I, have, right? No, no, no. no? I've, I've flown over. Okay. But I've flown over about everything, no. but I didn't get my feet <laughs> on the ground. I would love to, and someday, yeah, go, go up and hang out on the fjords. You know, speaking of that, uh, Seattle has a very large Norwegian Norwegian population. extraction population. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the reasons is that the people who had emigrated from Norway find that this is almost familiar territory out there with mm. the, the sound and the lakes uh, that they have around Seattle. Mm. As a result of that, Seattle is a place of absolutely beautiful people. Mm. Have you ever been there? No, that's on my list. I've yeah. got to go up there. I want to do an Alaskan cruise from Seattle or Vancouver. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd like to do that. Stop off in, uh, in Sitka, my old stomping ground. Okay. Ketchikan. Yeah. I'll tell you some stories about Ketchikan <laughs> sometime, <laughs> okay. too. Uh, the, uh, just a story about how times have changed. I was listening... 
to uh, CD here to listen to you. I wanted to listen. I got a, a CD of Mario Lanza, the mm -hmm. tenor. All right. Uh, Mario Lanza at the Hollywood Bowl. Now, before I get to that, this is Hollywood. And you know the political and the social inclinations of the elite in Hollywood. And there is a story, and I don't know this in great detail because I, I'm not familiar with the person, not watching that kind of TV. There was a person who was just about to become the host of one of these, what, almost gossip shows on television. And he's gotten shot down now. They're about to pull him from it. And the network uh, had a big meeting, whether they could go on with him. What he had done in an email post to somebody, he had questioned the validity of having sex change operations on three-year-olds. Well, well yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> but that was it. Now he has become a transphobic, and they're demonstrating, and they're yelling in Hollywood up and down about it. And so this man may not get a job for saying something that's pretty... Now you ask a five-year-old, uh, you say you got a five-year-old uh, boy and a five-year-old girl, or each one is in the presence of other kids the same age, at, whether it's daycare or whatever, uh, and you say, you want to be a boy or a girl? <laughs> Would you rather be a boy or a girl? Well, I think the kid, I know all about boys because I used to be one. <laughs> you, I think you, you were you, good. Okay, Last so time I checked. We're yeah. the same on that. You would look around and see who's getting the most stuff. <laughs> and if you think the girls, if you were a boy and you think the girls are getting a favorite treatment or the girls are getting uh, an extra cookie or something, you're going to say, I want to be a girl. Mm. Parents say, okay, it's off you go. Okay. We'll you see know, in a couple to, weeks. Yeah. But anyway... Be that as it may, and, and, and these are things that obviously, you know, people are going to have attitudes, there are these attitudes, and this makes a lot of sense. And to people to whom it doesn't make any sense, this is fine. It's your choice and your right to believe that and to exercise it. It's perfectly legal. But you should simply come back with some rational reason why, yeah. rather than immediately start yelling for the scalp of somebody who had a little different ideology than you had. Now... That's, uh, that's the tone in Hollywood. Here is my point. The, uh, in Hollywood, I played the Mario Lanza concert. Now, this would have to be in the late... You know, Lanza died in 58, so it would be, say, the mid-50s. And it was a big crowd, and they loved it. Now, during the concert, he sang some operatic arias, because this is what his, his forte, some pop songs. He also sang Schubert's Ave Maria. Really? And then he ended it by singing the Lord's Prayer. Now, he would have been stoned if he did that today in the Hollywood Bowl. I, I kind of agree with you. So, I mean, th this, <laughs> this shows where we are. Uh, let's see, moving along here. Uh, oh, Johnson & Johnson was uh, found guilty for the opioid crisis. Okay. Did you see that story? I saw some of the what uh, they, they were ordered to pay a certain amount. Yeah, an Oklahoma judge found Johnson & Johnson, which is a New Jersey institution, of course, and its subsidiaries helped fuel the opioid crisis. And this was in Oklahoma, but all the other states are getting in on it, trying to get in. Ordered the consumer products giant to pay $572 million, more than twice the amount another drug manufacturer agreed to pay in a settlement. Wow. Now... There is no chance of a snowball, you know, where I think of them actually ending up paying that. $572 million is probably a little bit less than they pay for lobbying. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know their budget. 
Seems a little low, wouldn't you say? Well, no, I, I would think, think it's it, well, uh, well, but you're, and as a, a spokesman for the company had responded, and I, I don't try to defend them for the fact that uh, certainly some of these drug companies were cutting some corners in the distribution yeah. to, get, to get more sales, but the, a spokesman for the company says you can't sue your way out of the opioid abuse crisis. But the point is, the basic thing is, we are an addict, a society of addicted people, and they're going to find something else right. if if they don't do that. So I don't know where that'll go, but it's interesting because it is a, a New Jersey story. Uh, Trump and Greenland. Yeah, that I love. Uh, President Trump had, according to a story, he had looked into the of buying Greenland from Denmark, not for his own personal. But for the United States to be well, a territory of the United States. What's, yeah, yeah, exactly. What's happening now is with the ice uh, melting, uh, this, this warming trend, and the ice, uh, the ice levels caps lower, are melting. There is more and more land available, and they found out on that land not only is much of it very fertile, as the Vikings found when they landed uh, yeah. back uh, and had actually set up a very thriving settlement for a while there until the ice yeah. came, but. Also, the mineral resources yes. are enormous, and I think Iceland is the biggest island in the world. Do you think the uh, the offer just you know was rejected out now because of who the president is? No, no, or? no. I think the offer was. Re I, I think what happened is there seemed to be some miscommunication here. He had offered to buy it. Now, I would say for the president, don't feel too bad about it because the media is making fun of it. Of course, ha ha ha. They laughed at Thomas Jefferson when he proposed the Louisiana Purchase. Right, right. That that was a wasn't that the largest purchase at that point in the country's history. Well, when he was president, it wasn't too much that went on in the country's history. Now right. later, the Seward purchase. They they laughed at Seward when he bought Alaska from the Russians. Right. And so the idea of proposing uh, a purchase of a somebody else's land is not unprecedented in this country. Right. Unless you're going to just out and out annex it through war and bloodshed, the only other way to expand your country is through negotiation and purchase, right? Well, that's, I don't know if they felt that we needed expansion. I think it, it's actually commercial because of the, uh, the great mineral resources that yes. they have there. And of course, Denmark wants to keep it because of the same thing. It would make a lot of people rich there, and they may as well be rich in Denmark as here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think democracy can it's survive it's not the first hysterical time. capitalism. Yeah. That we it's have not the first anyway. time that we wanted to, to buy that, right? Uh, didn't uh, President Truman also look into that back in I the uh, late forties? I believe did, so. Did, and Jefferson, uh -huh. like you said. So well, no, no, Jefferson. No, 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 no I'm no. sorry. Jefferson did the Louisiana Purchase. Right. So I know it, it was at least two other times we tried over the last hundred fifty years I, I, to uh, to get that, and it's just we've uh -huh. been rejected each time. But anyway, the point is now it happened at a time when the media, of course, is picking up on anything. Right. That actually on CNN making fun of the president over that pushed aside their what is going to be their big story. They had inside information that Donald Trump had put his socks on the wrong feet. Oof. That would uh, just blow that, the that doors would, off the entire administration. Yeah. I want to I jump to something here that um, you had brought up last week, or you talk about. You're the transportation expert. And uh, I noticed that Governor Murphy has gone off again on uh, the Christie administration, blaming them for uh, incompetence that got New Jersey transit where it is. Okay. Remember that? And you're talking about uh, what the portal drawbridge? Um, no, I'm now, just talking or? about in general the 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 whole all the problems. The uh, did I say port authority? I didn't mean that. Uh, 
Transportation, transit, New Jersey New transit. Jersey transit. I'm sorry, New Jersey transit. Port Authority is another matter. <laughs> They've got their own <laughs> oh, issues. Oh, my gosh. That, that's for another day. Right. New Jersey transit, I'm sorry, for all of their plans. And you know the problems right. better than anybody because you deal in traffic. Now, of course, he has been for, what, two years or whatever it is, blaming the Christie administration. Right. My question is, Chris Christie's been gone for, what, close to two years. Uh, who is, who, who's responsible for the incompetence now? Right. Well, the guy that's sitting in the office. But, but, the, but the, he's, apparently nothing much has been done. But the, he cut the funding for it, I do believe. Uh, and uh, so, what, so what's going on now? You follow these things. Well, the, the issue has been the, the infrastructure. It hasn't uh, been uh, maintained properly, and now they're really at a crisis point. Um, the governor had a press conference with a couple of other politicians yesterday and just extolling the problems with the portal drawbridge, which is the main bridge crossing. It's over 100 years old. goes over the Hackensack River. Mm-hmm. It's a drawbridge, and it, and it controls all train service between on all lines coming from north and central Jersey into New York, up to Secaucus. Uh, the bridge is in dire need of repair, replacement. And the issue is that it's going to cost a lot of money to get it done, and it needed to be done yesterday. And they are just one incident away from this thing failing mm. catastrophically and not being, have to being taken out of service on an emergency basis, and that will cripple the entire area. Mm. Um, the, the issue has been kicked, the, the, can, the old can has been kicked down the yeah, road right. for years well beyond, well past Christie, beyond uh, Corzine, all the way back into the 80s. I mean, we've known about some of these infrastructure problems and nothing has been done. I mean, it's going to take a coalition of, of, of organizations, not only New Jersey Transit, it's going to take Amtrak, it's going to take the federal government, and up until this point, nothing has been done. I mean, it's really getting to the point where something needs but, to but get done. But how long can you sit there and say, well, it's Chris Christie's fault? Chris Christie's well, is a true. matter of memory now. That's true. It's uh, just a matter of it's still there. The, the issue hasn't been settled, um, and it's a, it's a real, real problem. I mean, and, and a separate issue, I mean, back when Christie was, was in charge, they, they did not do that, uh, that tunnel into New York City, the, the rail tunnel, back in 2010. Had they started it back in 2010, we'd be close to having that thing finished. But it wasn't done for whatever reasons. Well, well, Christie's right Christie's move in 2010 would have had some logic behind it right. because we needed it, so much money for the and infrastructure. And it was going to be on New Jersey. It was basically and, and the whole, be that was the New problem. Jersey. The federal government had set this thing, right. had pushed this thing and pursued it, but then they had backed out of the funding. Yes. And especially and so with here, Am- New Jersey didn't have the money. And, and especially with, with Amtrak being the main service provider through those tunnels, New Jersey Transit mm-hmm. just uses the tracks. But Amtrak is the main Northeast corridor mm-hmm. provider there. Well, so you would think that the federal government would really pick up the majority of that tab. One of the problems was that the tunnel was going to come up in Macy's basement. Well, and, and Macy's there wasn't was some, too keen on yeah, that. Yeah, there were some logistical <laughs> issues. Yes, yeah, there were. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't well thought out. It wasn't put together right. Mm-hmm. And here we are another here nine are. years later. Same but the, thing. But this portal drawbridge, this is even more major. If you've you seen pictures of this thing, it, it basically is on a swivel. And it goes mm-hmm. over the Hackensack River Bridge north of Newark, and it handles all the trains north of Newark. Anything that travels through Newark and beyond up to New York City and Secaucus, 
It's got to use that portal drawbridge, and it happens quite often where the bridge opens for barge traffic along the river, and they can't get the bridge to close properly. <laughs> there was a news story. It was in the news yesterday that they got a worker out there that has to use a sledgehammer to knock the rail back into place <laughs> when, when if the bridge doesn't uh, connect uh, again properly. That's probably has that train position. line where they, they had a train breakdown one time or stop, and they found out the problem was the conductor had dropped the stick with a carrot on it, and the mule it just squatted down on the track. So, uh, yeah. or, I love the signs in the windows that says passengers will not shoot buffalo from the windows. Some of their stock. That's they're, a no-no. rolling stock. So, uh, yeah, another so. uh, thing, the legislature, this, this is quick. They had voted real quickly, almost a stealth thing, to expand absentee ballots. I don't know if you heard about no, that. It's not a, not a big thing. Of course, the, these are all Democrats, and they did it uh, real quickly, sort of at night. And the reason is, of course, there's some way in there that's going to increase their their voting uh, base. Hmm. So obviously that's done. But as somebody said who had a question about that, if they're going to come back, they're about to go on vacation. I think this interrupted the vacation. So if they're going to do something like that, do it on something important. When are they going to do? When are they going to come back and do something about property tax? Well, never is the answer. Uh, The uh, I got one thing I got to do. The ninth. Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, you know that bunch of loonies on the West Coast okay. who are just totally out of their head to the left and to, to permissiveness in all regards. They have set a new World Series uh, Super Bowl or what have you of the absurd. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is for the West Coast, they have ordered the state of Idaho to arrange and pay for a sex change operation for a prisoner who is in their prison system for raping a 13-year-old. Now, I do not know how long his sentence is, but clearly it would not be an extremely long one for that. But anyway, while he's there, he's going to get a free sex change operation, which means he's not going to have to pay for it down the line. Uh, And they said that to deny him that is to inflict cruel and unusual punishment. Um, now, the taxpayers have to pay for that. I looked it up. The, uh, the charge for the... Uh, there are many different uh, levels of that. and so, But the average charge of such an operation runs up to $50,000. Mm. So he gets one free. Now, I understand the state. I hope the hell the state is appealing this this decision, which they to the Supreme Court. And why are they why are they going to grant this to him? Because to not grant his wish is cruel and unusual punishment, which is guaranteed by the Constitution. So it is unconstitutional to uh, decline a sex change operation on a prisoner in the system. Who has been convicted of raping a 13-year-old. Yeah, who's there for, for rape. Well, even that, throw that out, whatever he's there for, it doesn't make any, well, it does make a lot of difference. But the, the fact is that the taxpayers have to pay for that. What in the world, I would ask how long is he in? What, three, four years right. for that? Idaho may be different, three or four years. And so say, okay, well, hang in. You've lived with it this long. Hang in there bro until you get out yeah and then you but no so this opens up that on the west coast now by this decision any prisoner in any penal institution has a constitutional right to get a free very expensive operation and there'll be people doing it just for the hell of it to have something to do you ever in a in a prison in a jail 
Yeah. Really? Oh, you missed something good. I, I was once for a week in the maxim, federal maximum security uh, prison of McNeil Island, Washington. That was the uh, prison Bureau of Prisons institution that replaced Alcatraz when it closed. Okay. And I, I, I wasn't a prisoner. Uh, it, it was a... It's a story I'll get into at some time, but it, it, the Bureau of Prison had decided for some particular reason that they wanted to counter some demonstrations going on at Stillicum, Washington, which is down toward the lower end of Puget Sound, uh, to get some good press. So what they did, they had me go over and do the morning show, which I was doing in Seattle at the time. They had me go over there and spend a week doing a show, talking, and, uh, talk, and people could call in. I would sit there with prison officials. And I've got to say, among the uh, the convicts, I met some of the nicest people I've ever known. And and I had to ask, what is it? Everybody in here like this? I mean, what's, what's the matter? There's no, no problem with these guys. And he said, yeah, the bad ones are all locked it down under <laughs> under the, under the right. building, so you don't have to worry about it. But again, what I'm getting to, I, I guess, what reminded me of that was that uh, we don't know what the sentence was, and this was yeah. in Idaho, a western state. One of the things I learned uh, from the prison officials there, there are two big, big uh, corruptions are, are, are difficulties. One is that you have a parole boards come in and determine the actually how long a person stays in. These are mostly political hacks with absolutely no experience yeah. in psychology or anything. Same thing in New Jersey. It's 150,000 or so job and not much to do except play with people's lives. Yeah. And the other one is the, Im, the great difference in, in, uh, in sentencing. And the prison officials, the warden, the assistant warden, say, look, we live with these guys. We know when somebody's ready to get out. If you keep them beyond the point of ideal letting them out, that's gone. They pass the tipping point, they're going to belong here, and they're yeah, going to be right. bad. Let them out at the right time, you've got a fighting chance. But, and for example, I met an armed bank robber. Nice guy, really. And I don't know why he did it. it, it I guess to him it seemed like the thing to do at the time. Mm. But... He, uh, one was in uh, Massachusetts. He'd robbed a bank. He was in the federal prison. Now, his sentence was something like uh, seven, eight years. Guy did exactly the same thing, even with the same kind of weapon in Wyoming hmm. or Montana. He got life. And that's the next state over, right? Or well, it doesn't make any difference. State. Massachusetts is not the next state oh, no, over no, I'm to, sorry. to yeah, Montana, right. as far as I know. Yeah, right, right. Who knows nowadays? No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I, states in between well, may have yeah. seceded. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. But the point is, the great difference, I say life, it was probably like 40 years to life. Yeah. But it was a much longer sentence. The inequity of, of the sentencing that goes on was another great problem. Okay, it popped into my mind. What has popped into your mind? Well, the, the, uh, we're talking about the rate setting for the insurance companies. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I know we're running short on time here, but we can just touch on this. Touch on that, and we'll promise to start with that next week. because I, I There's a big campaign, big campaign uh, being brought to our attention courtesy of Doctor Patient Unity. It's a group that's uh, representing doctors and patients because the, uh, the story is that uh, Congress is... Apparently, and this is their words, uh, the doctor-patient unity, several politicians and insurance companies have proposed using median in-network reimbursement rate as a benchmark in the case of out-of-network bills. So, for example, if you're getting a surprise medical bill from a provider not in your network, 
they're going to be reimbursed at the out of the uh, the median in-network reimbursement rate. But it's not the right solution. Says it's going to give more control to big insurance companies. It's going to make for lower reimbursements for uh, doctors and some of these safety net hospitals are going to end up closing because they make a very low margin of uh, profit. Um, mm. So there's a lot going on well, there. But the I, biggest concern that I think to everybody out there, out here on Facebook, is it getting a surprise medical bill. It's an unexpected medical bill that you receive after medical care. Mm-hmm. You're like, what, what am I getting? Who, who showed up? That person visited me. I don't recall that. Oh boy, and then you, I get and, and then, about and then that, you get yeah. that. It's like somebody—you'll be yeah. sleep. You'll be in a hospital visit. You'll be mm-hmm. sleeping, and then somebody'll duck in at like two a.m. and charge you like three hundred bucks. Oh yeah, for just uh, looking Stick over your the chart. Door and say, "How do you feel?" That'll be two hundred dollars. Right, absolutely. For, for so some of these surprise medical bills, yeah. and there's a, a but, lot. But, but, but this wouldn't make them this. stop doing that. This wouldn't stop the greed. No, what this but, would do is be sure that somebody right, has to pay but, for it, but which ends up being set. us paying yes, for it absolutely. because we wear insurance and our tax money. And the biggest concern so by I, I this doctor-patient unity, I, they're I, saying I, that uh, the fewer doctors are going to, you know, they're going to you told me about that. You told me about that story, and I thought, oh, God, here it is. Thank goodness this is going to have rate or, or a posting, you know, charge posting, so you don't have to pay $500 for something here that you can get for $250 right. here. Uh, but no, I should have known. I think Senator Menendez is in the woodpile on that. Well, yeah, because well, I should have they're known saying these. having vote <laughs> against it. So this uh, doctor patient union is saying uh, have doctor. I mean, uh, oh, no. uh, uh, Senator Menendez voted vote no against it. So there, there's a lot lot going on. Well, we'll get back to that next week. Uh, there's so many abuses going on, and, and, and see, medicine as as I've said before, they should do a replacement. Saint Mark is the patron saint of healing. Well, now Henry Ford has become the patron saint of healing in, in, in this country. One, one, just one thing here. I think we're about to, to come to the end yeah. of the line here. Going to drink up. It's closing time. Yeah. Uh, this is a question from Darlene. Do you ever think New Jersey will get legalized recreational marijuana? My question is yes. Everybody's going to get it because the, uh, it, it's kind of associated with liberals, but not necessarily. Number one is that there is a huge appetite for drugs in this country. That's not going to go away. And the number two thing is, I think the the uh, political uh, leadership, both visible and not visible, wants that because it would be very good, especially if the country tips to the left, when you're going to end up with a totalitarian welfare state. Right. This, If people are stoned, they're not likely to rebel against the government or even pay any attention. It's like disarming you yeah. uh, mentally. You, you get up and say, you take it. Hey, man. You say, man, you get the license number of that truck that hit me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I think, yes, you're, you're going to get it. Because, again, it's to the advantage of a, the political system, which, if its agenda and aims are carried out, it's going to be much like 1984, maybe not quite as bad. You know, in Brave New Worlds, they had SOMA, Huxley's uh, version of the same thing, this future society. Everybody had to take this so-called SOMA pills because, it, it, uh, man, you were, everybody was just cool. Man. Yeah. Everybody was, was chilled out. So you didn't pay any attention to the fact that you didn't have very much reason for living, really, <laughs> other than do what the government says. So, uh, Darlene, yes, at some point you're going to get it, and it may even become mandatory that you use it. Yeah. That's sad. Yes. 
Yeah. Have we talked about anything this morning that's not said? No, I think that's we've we've been, come up we've, with a happy we've kept story. the theme. Yeah, I got to come up with a happy story. Anyway, listen here. Uh, this is a stream of consciousness for today, and as I said, to uh, something to ponder is where are we going, and why are we in the handbasket? Hey, Jim Gerhardt, Bob Williams, have yourself a great, have a great life. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast.